we welcome in our good friend Mark Finkner. Mark was the uh, longtime voice of the Red Raiders and then decided that he didn't want to be outdoors anymore, so has moved inside <laughs> with, with the Red Raider basketball team, the Lady, the Lady Raiders. Is that not right, Mark? I mean, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't about temperature control and things of that nature? No, no, it had nothing to do with temperature control, and I'm, I'm not going to bore the audience with, with why, man. I had a great run, and I miss it. And I miss it, but boy, I'm in a. But I'm also in a great spot personally, so it's it, it's all good. It's a it's a win win for me, a win win for my family, and uh, and work with some great great people. Glad to have you on the program, by the way. And let's talk a little bit about Red Raider baseball. And I know today's not going well. Uh, they're down what eleven two in the seventh inning. But Mark, yeah, this not, yeah, go ahead. I was going <laughs> to say this this is a team that that is built on the mound to be able to come back down one nothing. Yeah, I mean, you start a freshman in Chase Hampton today that uh, he pitched really well against Army and had been pitching well up until today. I mean, and even today in the first inning, gives up a one-out home run. Okay, solo shot, no big deal. Then you give up a double, then a walk, then a questionable call. Maybe you had a pickoff, maybe you didn't. Close play, then three straight two-out hits. And that's what Tech did so well last weekend uh, in the regional, they hit the ball extremely well with two outs and with runners in scoring position. That's why they came through one of what I feel like may have been one of the tougher regionals uh, with UCLA and North Carolina and Army and, and came through 3-0. and But today, not playing good defense. Uh, you know, they've committed three errors. They've just not converted opportunities. And Stanford is just, they've taken full advantage. As you, you know, as you understand, when you get to this point, when you're one of the last 16, there's, there's no more Jacksonvilles. There's no more, you know, sneaky teams that just win their conference tournament and get in. I mean, you're, you're facing some of the best. But to your point, Tom, you've got guys. Tomorrow you'll go with uh, Monteverdi. Patrick Monteverdi on the mound, left-hander. He's been good for you. I've been rock solid. You got another left-hander in Mason Montgomery. But, of course, when you're down one nothing, you, you, you might have to do a, a couple of things different. But you've got enough arms left. I think to be okay, uh, you know, I mean, if you, <laughs> Hey, I mean, you've seen it before here, uh, you know, in Lubbock, you've seen crazy things happen, uh, late in games. So you're never out of it, but you got to feel like it's, it's not looking good for you today, but, but they've still got enough quality arms where they could win tomorrow and Sunday. And I mean, I felt like all along, whichever team won is going to take them three to get it done because I mean, these are two high quality teams that whichever one ends up going to Omaha, I think has got an opportunity against Arkansas on day one, provided they beat North Carolina state and they've got a chance to do some damage. Mark, were you surprised at all that the big 12 only got four teams in? Uh, not really. Um, as much as, you know, Baylor had a solid year, um, but anytime, you know, you talk about Baylor, you talk about K-State's late push, uh, you know, Oklahoma, you know, was trying to promote, hey, we had one of the top strength of schedules in the country. They did. And all three of those teams had, had you know, positives, but they all unfortunately had some hickeys. And, and anytime you put yourself in that position, I've learned, uh, you know, in my many years, and I'm not going to count how many I've been around, but I've been around enough to know that any time you give someone an opportunity to say, mm, no, thank you, then you put yourself in a bad spot. So 
Uh, it, it is unfortunate that the number two RPI conference in the country only got four in, but uh, unfortunately it was not surprising But because uh, I really thought Baylor would uh, get in, but after going 0-2, they say, oh, you know, conference tournament doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, it, it can if the committee wants it to. So I, I, I hated it for Baylor because I think there were some really good things. And Baylor did something that that no other team has done in three years, and that's beat Tech in a series in Lubbock. They're the only team to do it since 2018. Mark, when you uh, when you look at the Red Raiders and you mentioned the consistency, particularly at home, why why is this program so good? Well, I think I mean you you talk consistency. I mean Tim Tadlock's in his ninth year. J. Bob Thomas in his ninth year, Matt Gardner ninth year. You, you begin at Ray Hayward ninth year, Joe Hughes director of operations ninth year. You kind of see a pattern there. These guys have all been together. They they're all on the same page. They all know what they're looking for, what they want, and uh, and I just and I think to me that's one of the biggest things you've got going for you. Uh, these guys are great recruiters. Uh, you know, obviously, Tim, with what he did at Grayson for so many years, I mean, he's in their Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, obviously, was a was a good player here at Tech, no question. Loves being here. Was at Oklahoma for a few years and then came back here in 12 and then got the head job in 13. And, and he's just been able to put his stamp on it. And, and, and he's got the right guys with him pulling that rope, so to speak. Uh, to me, I think that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, they're they're great recruiters, they're great developers of talent, uh, and they're able to to just go out and and get you know what what they want now, and and they're able to continue to develop it. They, they're not you know, it's not all JUCOs, it's not all high school kids. It's probably more high school than JUCO, but obviously with Tim's background, he's all he knows that there's always guys in the junior college ranks that can help him in the right spot. So he just he just got a knack for for getting the right guys in the right spots. Uh, speaking of Ted Lott, do you think he gets that lifelong contract if A and M doesn't come open? Yes, because uh, everything that went on with Chris Beard leaving to, to take the Texas job because Kirby Hokut, the tech AD had offered Chris a lifetime contract. We find out after the fact way back in October, November before basketball season last year. And Chris kind of, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's, let's see. And ultimately decides, you know, that he, you know, when, when the Texas job comes open, he's a Texas alum. He decides he wants to go home. You know, that's, you know, that's his business. You know, that, that obviously rubbed a lot of people in Lubbock the wrong way. Uh, but, I mean, I, I, I'd known Chris for a long time when I was doing the men right after I stepped away from baseball in 07. And uh, I've known Chris a long, long time. Uh, still consider him a friend to this day. So, uh, but, but to your question, I think that this was something that was in place. Uh, I mean, Tim wants to be here. Um they're they're you know they're going to redo the clubhouse on the third base side. Uh, you know there's a clamoring for rebuilding the entire stadium. Uh, you know if if funding comes about, I'm sure that that will be talked about even more so because I mean you've already you've done a lot of things since 2007 when I walked away from it uh, with the suites and and you know club seating and and you know the overhang and chairbacks and I mean there's been a lot of stuff already done. 
But uh, that's what I was going to level, and you're going to see some more of those type things happen. I think. Sorry, Mark. And that's what I was going to say. What what has transpired at Dan Law Field is really really impressive. For the first time, I went out there to the old hard uh, carpet slash. Part of it was carpet. Part of it was grass. And and now you've got you've got it. You've got a first class facility. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It, it, it's a great facility now. Um, some people think you could you could add seating or, or build it up even more. Uh, you know, I mean, I was around in the '90s when when the when there was more room for seating, and you had almost six thousand in there uh, back in the mid to late '90s when when Larry Hayes really had it going, and, and we were in a spot playing Stanford in '95 in Wichita to go to to go to Omaha and lost a couple of one run games to them. Uh, to keep us from from going in '95, but in '96 you hosted a regional, had USC in town, almost six thousand in the house for that. And I mean, it, even in the late '90s and and even into the early 2000s, before they started, you know, doing some different things, which you know made it nicer, but cut the seating back a little bit. So and and helping build that field house, or build the clubhouse and locker room on that third base side, the primary reason why the, the seating's a little bit less now than it was in the late 90s. Hey, Mark, I know you're busy. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much. It's uh, good to catch up with you, buddy. Man, same here. And I know you guys, uh, man, appreciate you guys. Got so many great friends in the broadcasting business, including you, Tom, and John Morris, and, and Bruce Geetson, and, and everybody down there. Uh, hey, have a great weekend, and hopefully – we can get our guns up for Saturday, Sunday. All right. Talk to you soon, Mark. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, bud. You bet. Mark Figner, uh, longtime voice of the uh, Red Raider baseball team.